Welcome to Rehab Within Reach. We are your hosts, Dr. Chrissy Rankin, physical therapist and CrossFit Level 1 coach. And I'm Dr. Sarah Nelson, a physical therapist, and I'm board certified in women's health and lymphedema therapy, and I also hold a master's degree in orthopedic manual therapy. And I'm Dr. Shona Craig. I'm also a physical therapist, a board certified women's health clinical specialist, certified lymphedema therapist, and yoga teacher. We are a collective of women from various backgrounds who support each other and the community around us that have one thing in common, therapy solutions. This podcast will be addressing how the body, mind, and spirit work together to create our current state of being while offering a refreshing approach to how to create harmony within each system. Our treatment philosophy is to empower people through education by combining modern evidence-based practice with our innate primal wisdom in order to promote body literacy and compassion in your personal healing journey. Even though our professional background started in physical therapy, we take an integrative and holistic approach by addressing all systems of the body in order to bridge the gap between the current medical model in the United States and your ability to make autonomous decisions to achieve independence and wellness. This podcast is meant to challenge you to think in ways that may feel uncomfortable at first, but don't worry. Remember, our goal is to provide resources in order for you to make the best decisions for your well-being, which may go against what most of our society suggests is quote-unquote healthy or correct. As a reminder, this podcast does not replace the medical examination, assessment, and plan of care from a licensed medical provider who has seen you personally. Let's get started. Okay. Okay. So, as I was saying to you, when I asked you how you were, and and it was apparent that you there was not entirely fine, but you chose fine kind of def- it defines our topic today, which is mental fortitude. And apparently that's not a commonly used word, but it means courage in pain and adversity. <laughs> and I found another definition that was the ability to focus on and execute solutions when in the face of uncertainty or adversity. I like that one. Yeah, they're both, and they're both, you know, similar and, um, and I mean, there is just like we've always talked about, but there's a shadow side to it as well. So we'll, I'm sure we'll dive into that too. (laughs) Um, Well, you could just dive right into the shadow. Oh, well, I guess, <laughs> true. I I guess, like, and also, I just like to play, like, devil's advocate sometimes. Um, that, yeah, yes, like, I, I think we, so what brought up this discussion of should we talk about mental fortitude was how it's hard to make changes, and it's hard, um, Sometimes we deal with um, other members of the community, patients, referring physicians, like insurance company people, like uh, many different types of people every day. And just how we're noticing that it's 
it's really hard to communicate with people and expect change to happen or um, people aren't ready for change um, or they come to us or we're talking to people, whoever they may be, about, well, let's try something new because what you're currently doing is obviously not helping because you're here for help. So let's try something new and how difficult um, it seems to be compared to maybe a few years ago. And I think the shadow side of that is like, it's easy for us just to blame people for being mentally or emotionally weak. And obviously there's going to be some people in that category, but I also think like what we have been going through for in a micro level the past two years and even the macro level of I mean my whole generation I feel um it life has been really hard and people I think are getting to the point right now that we can't we can't keep living how we've been living because it's not sustainable um so trying to make change in an environment that's not sustainable will kind of like center stuff up for failure too at the same time. So it's like, where's that balance? And when is it the lack of sustainability and the lack of truly being able to do changes and being mentally tough or whatever we want to call it um, because of our nervous system being so over overtaxed and we just aren't in an environment anymore that we can have safe changes. Um, and where's a line of like, no, we're just not as mentally strong or have as much mental fortitude as we used to. I don't know the answer to that. So love to hear your insight. Oh, we bought, we've been off a big topic. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. Okay. I think we're going to, and we're going to bite at this topic in pieces as it comes up because there is a lot to it. And you just, you just laid a lot out on the table with that. I think the reason I thought of it is be, is because this is the week. Well, we're two weeks into the invasion of Ukraine. And um, I, in my lifetime, I I haven't seen anything quite like that. I know that there's been invasions um, and, you know, and I've seen them. I mean, like what happened um, to the people in Syria a couple of years ago and, we, you know, as a world, we kind of stepped aside and felt bad for them um, or Chechnya. Uh, but now... Uh, now it's getting bigger and it's getting um, closer to home. And I think, how would, how would we do without, um, if, if we were faced with the world, you know, our, our world being um, basically scorched earth. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. And, to like also let 
understand that this is happening in multiple places. It's just, like you said, it hits closer to home because I, I don't know which word to use, but, you know, the, this is a country of mostly white people and Christian that rose a democracy after them being under imperial rule at some point, right? And so we can relate to that more as compared to other countries that maybe have a different background and a different culture that we just don't understand as much, which then we think like, oh, it's a whole nother world away, so I I don't have an opinion or it's not going to affect me. But I mean, this is happening in many places, especially in places of what we would consider to people of color um, in many places. And I think people are now really trying to like have their eyes open about like, oh yeah, this is nothing new. Yes, the scale is different and we have different um, things at stake now compared to other places. Um, but unfortunately this, uh, this decimation of others, you know, unfortunately is, seems to get any worse. So that's not easy yeah. to do. Yeah, and and you have a point because, um, you know, uh, well, you know, the way China moved in on um, Hong Kong Mm -hmm. and then they're threatening Taiwan. And I have friends in Taiwan, so now that's more real too. But otherwise, I wouldn't feel like I had a a stake there. And the the stake that I, I feel in Ukraine is the the NATO that that how close it's moving in on NATO and then then there's a responsibility um for the US to defend and um and this rise of autocracy and is um hmm. yeah <laughs> it's a it's unnerving so anyway we're the peons life will um no one's coming after us because we don't have any power uh, as far as just at our level of just average people. I mean, and I mean, that's something there is just to see how average people are just being killed randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, so how would I handle it? And do I have the mental strength to do it? Well, what trains mental strength? I think we don't practice anymore. Mm-hmm. Um we we have all this uh, entertainment that we can engage in and um, the way, for instance, that um, media is presented with changing um, visuals rapidly. If you try to watch an old show on television uh, and you look at what is made now, it's much more stimulating to the system now we don't tolerate that that slower pace even um and it's interesting because um in the flip side of that too there's a children's show called coco melon that mm-hmm. is very visually stimulating and like changes every second and a half which is like unheard of in um in media let alone in children's media 
and children's entertainment and people are actually saying that it's like it's making their children like worse like when they don't have the stimulation right Mm -hmm. and then you know then we have like the flip side where as we get older you know we seem to be craving that less stimulus or more stimulus so it's amazing how maybe when we start out we're not supposed to have that much stimulus and then we just get used to it by the time we're older yeah well so if we think back to you know origins of humans there wasn't even electricity (laughs) so when night came that was it you looked at the stars and you told stories to each other yeah well electricity Um, (laughs) 30 years ago, 100 and, you know, so not that long ago. No. And, you know, Ukrainians now are living without electricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, Shona found us. Hello. Let's see. We'll see if she jumps in here. Um, we get the wisdom of a new mother. Hi. <laughs> you guys Hello. Are recording. Yes, we're recording. Okay, so, awesome. Um, it's a good, it's good timing. So we we were saying the definitions of um, of fortitude are. I loved what I I found courage to um, in pain and yeah. adversity yeah. and. And then I found the ability to focus on and execute solutions in the face of uncertainty or adversity. Okay. And I thought as a new mom dealing with the lack of sleep when you love your sleep and also the chaos of a new baby, um, you're kind of right in there. (laughs) Yeah. And I was thinking about giving birth itself took a lot of mental fortitude as well. Yes. Yes. Thinking about like pain in general um, and how to get through tough times, including like um, the pain and suffering that we feel in the world and also the pain and suffering we feel like in our bodies, I think can be similar. Um, Yes. (laughs) Well, and to, and to go to that, um, to, you know, that how I think one of the ways you build mental fortitude is to endure controlled hardship. So mm-hmm. um, birth's a good example because we also argue, well, you shouldn't have to experience pain. And, and so there's a lot of anesthesia around, um, around childbirth. Uh, yeah, that's I, mean, I can describe topic. a little bit about the mental fortitude in my birth. Um, mm-hmm. If you'd like to, I can jump in there. Um, yeah. I've got Gordy right here with me. So if you hear baby babbling, that's what's going on. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I chose to have an unmedicated home birth. Um, going into it, I thought, you know, okay, I know it's going to be painful, but, and um but I've got skills from being an athlete and a dancer and of how to like deal with pain in my body and push through it. Um, but it definitely was a different kind of pain and more uh, intensity than I ever thought possible. And I guess the one thing that I 
remember in relation to like, I, I mean, it took a lot of mental presence to get through like every wave of contraction. And then between the um, contractions, it was like this calm, but also it took a lot of mental energy to be like, okay, like I'm okay and prepare for the next one and not give up. And um, so from, how can I describe this? So I got to the point where he got stuck and at my tailbone um, and I honestly didn't know if I'd be able to do it at home. And I thought I might have to go to the hospital. Um, and so between every contraction, I, I had this thought of like, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. Um, and, but wrestling, like, no, I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> Coming back to that mental energy of like focusing and telling myself I can do it. Um, and like, even if I couldn't, like, I feel like it was good for me to um, get in my body, be present and be positive. And I remember this one moment where I was like totally freaking out. And my midwife just looked at me in the eye and said, like, Shona, like, get, get in your body like focus and it just boom like I just got back in my body and it took all my mental strength to focus and push um and so that for me was probably the the most strongest mental like presence I've ever had to have um and I think that worked <laughs> I think that's really what I had to do to get present in my body in order for me to give birth and um, break my tailbone and um, get through it. So I don't know what that wow. all means. Maybe you guys can decide, like pick out what that means with the, this topic. Um, but well, they, what a thing to stay with it enough to break your bone. <laughs> right. Well, was it <laughs> and not totally right. flip out. <laughs> I mean, I was flipping yeah. out though. That's the thing. I was screaming and like <laughs> totally like, I don't know if I could do this. Like, uh, scream. I, I don't think I've ever screamed so loud in my life, but yeah. Um, but it really took, I remember just those moments of, and I, it's funny because that's what I remember the most is like where I really, I was like, okay, Shona, like here I am. <laughs> It was like total, total presence and bringing like light and energy, like everything I've got mentally to, to make this happen. Um, well, I yeah. think you make a, a, the, a key point there is how do we come into the present moment mm -hmm. where you're not thinking about the future or the past or outcomes or others or right. even your own self, like your own safety you're that's not the right word i i'm thinking of richard moss's mandala of being so he uh which is a you know the mandala is a meditation tool to bring us into the present moment and richard talks about it as um the edges of the mandala are the th are the stories the thoughts we have that take us out of the, that and they're stories about the future the past the other and ourselves like I can't do it is a story because um, mm -hmm. then you did do it <laughs> right <laughs> yeah um, and I think 
the present moment is so it's all we really have. Like, I don't, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I had a thought about that. It's like in those moments of intense, intense pain and suffering, like that's all I could do was be present to it. Um, and so I guess if you, I guess what I'm thinking is like, if you practice that within your own body, then it's like you can sort of take that out into the world. And when you experience suffering of intense nature in the world, like how do we bring that presence of mind um, <laughs> to that suffering as well? I think one thing about childbirth versus other things in the world is that there is an end to it, right? Mm-hmm. It's fairly short term in regards to most adversity that we face so yes it's very intense and it's very serious and it's very it takes a lot to get in that space that allows you to do what you were able to do um I think the saving grace of childbirth is that it's going to end at some point um so we can really I think dig deep at that point and we also are you know we're bringing life into the world which is like a higher power situation and a higher being situation where we can, it's a little bit easier to kind of sacrifice ourselves for other people. Um, We're kind of taught, you know, that in some capacity uh, as we're aged. So, you know, yes, it's very hard. And at the same time, it has an end, you know, which is where it's compared to like more daunting tasks that might take years to do um, seems to be a little not doable right Mm -hmm. yeah it's funny it's I did I guess I did keep that in my mind a little bit when I was giving birth was like this has an end but at the same time I I didn't know for some reason in that moment I I I didn't know if there was gonna be an end or I was like am I gonna die (laughs) like yeah (laughs) is Gordy gonna get stuck like forever is he gonna die (laughs) Is, is he, he going to die? Did yeah. they die? Yeah. 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 I yeah, don't know. There is a, there is a threat. <laughs> so there's a, anyway. you know, it's a controlled exposure. It's a, um, you know, you, and, and I think one of the ways to build mental fortitude <laughs> is to expose ourselves to um, these intense moments of hard things. And, um, you know, it, yeah. So I, I think of, well, my son who likes to do Iron Man, you know, um, but, and, but you, Christy, you know, with like the weights that you lift, that cannot be, uh, easy. That's got to have some pain to it. (laughs) Yeah. I think pain in a, and not necessarily like a musculoskeletal pain, but Definitely, at times, you are digging into places that you didn't know existed. Um, and, you know, there's past stories, too. Like, um, so right now, the, in the CrossFit world, there's the worldwide competition happening, which is the first stage to get to the end result, which is the games, which is, like, essentially the Olympics of CrossFit, right? Mm-hmm. And each week, I've actually have 
significantly surprised myself on what my ability has been. And despite compared to other people in the gym that maybe I don't participate in the gym as much as I quote unquote should, but I'm also have been doing a really good job of understanding my limits and understanding my boundaries of my body. And because I've been really mindful of it, my nervous system and my recovery and my ability to move my body is so much more efficient compared to where it was in the past. And whereas before I would just go, go, go until my body gave up and then I was sick or I was hurt or um, I was unmotivated because I just like I was beyond my load was beyond the capacity that I had. And now that I've learned what my capacity is, I'm actually more successful and efficient in the gym than I ever have been before, despite doing less hours, right? Um, so does that come from the mental fortitude of like learning how to push through when it's appropriate and knowing the boundaries? Like I don't I don't know the answer to it, except I have definitely found my where my nervous system feels safe, which allows me then to produce better results. I think that that's a that's a tool for this. I think that's it. Like, let's highlight that. If we want to be ready for hardship, to be able to know how to manage ourselves under hard conditions. And yeah. I, I bet you you were doing some of that. Shona, even though there was the, um, yeah, it was a highly charged moment. You, you've also done a, a lot of work um, to be ready for something like that. Yeah, it, I, I thought about um, what you're saying, like um, in terms of the nervous system. I think that makes a lot of sense, like finding where your boundaries are and how much you can push yourself and kind of pushing that edge every day. Um, and um, I think I see that with client, with patients too, is like finding where you're, if, if you sometimes push past those boundaries, I think then like your body or nervous system fights back mm-hmm. and then you actually don't make as much progress as you want. Cause um, yeah. It's like you push way past and then your body fights back and then it's this struggle. Um, I don't know. Giving birth was sort of different in that there wasn't really any, it felt like there wasn't much control over the intensity. Um, but I pushed myself. Yeah. I don't know if I was pushing myself. It was like some other force was pushing me in that mm-hmm. sense. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. But in sports and stuff, it's more like I did have some control over how much I push myself like with dance and um, I guess, I don't know, any sport. um, I guess dance comes to mind the most, but it's like, yeah, there's a limit and there's a, I push myself too hard. I actually performed, didn't perform as well. So maybe how did you guys build this capacity to, um, you know, work with your body, I'll say, in harmony to get the most out of it. Breathing. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
(laughs) therapy and um i think and then just learning about how the autonomic nervous system works and how our past experiences from even when we're conceived to where we are now is imprinted in our nervous system in some capacity and and I think that allows that gave me um more grace for myself um and then Mm. so having that just mental part of it but then physically what I did is I got a heart rate variability monitor system um and I used something called the whoop and that really helped me understand to my body's cues um so it's a great starting point of of how to get objective data on something that is so subjective mm-hmm. I, I love that getting to know how your body works yeah i think that, that helps to sort of like know mentally that how the nervous system works to read about it and learn about understand it so that you're not like caught off guard or like why is this happening Um, yeah yeah and then when I tie it back into therapy like two things I think that really stood out to me that helped me understand like why I am the way that I am and one of it was the Enanogram which is like a beefed up version of the Myers-Briggs like type of personality trait Um, and what I do like about the Enanogram is that it does have a shadow side which we've talked about um before and then the other one too that I really loved was the four tendencies by Gretchen Rubin um and this is like a quiz that you and she has a book but you can also take a quick quiz about what type of um the question is really like how do I respond to expectations and you can either be an upholder a questioner an obliger or a rebel and I think knowing you in that regard to know if how you respond to expectations that you put on yourself and the others put on you um can really help you kind of navigate all of that as well mm-hmm. yeah uh, all that work and that and and when you when you say therapy I, I you think mental health therapy or physical therapy or mental health therapy yeah well and i think it's worth going and spending time with a counselor um especially when you get past your childhood and get get some time into adulthood so you get distance from your youth and you can look back and you don't have to have a problem to do that they call it family of origin work you know it's so valuable it does help you to get to know yourself more i think the most effective counseling I had, I actually went in to say, I, I'm, I'm coming in because I have knee pain for mental. And I went to mental health counseling <laughs> and uh, yeah, my knees didn't suddenly get better, but the tools I learned helped me to get my knees better. <laughs> kind of crazy, but. I love that. Uh, it's not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I think then that's what we're all about is um, that this 
Well, my byline, everything I needed to learn, I learned from living in a body. When we put uh, our bodies to the test, we find how strong we are mentally. And I can build, when I build my mental strength, my body can become stronger. Be- uh, you know, I, I guess I have a couple examples. One Right away, you know, I'm in this Ayurveda program. And so um, that's an old practice of the, the science of longevity. And um, so I'm being a client and I have to change my eating a little bit. Uh, and that rocked my boat. And old behaviors of um, uh, addiction showed up with, uh, as far as sugar and, um, or even coffee, right? Trying, trying to not just endlessly pick up the coffee pot, um, every time I felt upset or, or even grab anything, um, because I felt upset. And, uh, so I've been becoming more aware of how that slight anxiety, which I would have called slight anxiety because I just, it just ran below the level of awareness. Um, So it's, it's been very interesting um, to experience that again and to work with it again. And in Ayurveda, they have the word sattva, which means, um, like equilibrium uh, or in a, well, that's not exactly what it means, but it's that equanimity, um, calm, peaceful center. And so I, you know, I went back to practices that helped me build that calm center. And Ayurveda has, uh, uh, they have these verses from the classic texts. They call them shlokas. Didaurya Atma Vinyana. I'm slaughtering my Sanskrit, but it means intellect, courage, and knowing oneself are the ways to build that calm center. I'm like, that that's pretty spot on. And so even studying something and knowing something well, the act of the disciplined act of study. Um, helps to manage the brain doing what we've been talking about things that require you to step up and be courageous in a hard time even if it's having child you know yes childbirth is something is a process we we go through but there are so many choices today on how to go through it um medicated or unmedicated and there was a courage that's required to do it without medication. Now, um, and we always we always couch that with um, no judgment to those who who choose to use medicine um, around around um, giving birth. And then finally, that know, knowing oneself, and that's. Uh, interesting, Chrissy, to hear you and how knowing yourself better is helping you perform better uh, physically. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
And I am like the classic people pleaser where I will do anything to meet the expectations of other people because I want to please people all the time. And I will then neglect myself and my true self to do that. So then I've always had this like motivation on the external level and then quote unquote lack of motivation in my internal self. And they're now becoming more equal, um, which is appropriate. Like I can't Mm -hmm. live my life fully pleasing others and meeting expectations of others when I don't meet my own personal expectations for myself. So um, they are coming together. Um, They're still separate, but it is amazing how that shift is. It feels good to have that shift happen. Yeah. Oh, I think that's such an important one. And it's always a balancing act. Mm -hmm. I have a question. Am I enabling the people around me today or am I supporting them, right? Enabling is uh, doing it for them. Supporting is doing the things that help them do it for themselves. And um, such an important thing to learn, like to give from your full cup and not empty your cup. that's kind of interesting that that's showing up in a thing of mental fortitude. But I, I, I actually think the point that you're making is extremely important about that. Be, you know, do, being the people pleaser where you're doing everything for everyone else. In the meantime, you're crumbling and you don't even recognize that it's happening. Yeah. Until I was in an abusive relationship, uh, abusive romantic relationship. And, um, and then I find I had a very great mental health counselor that I got help with and really opened my eyes on what we're just talking about. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I, (laughs) this is not who I am as a person. And how did this come about? And it's, long history like it's not just the time that I was in that relationship like what I experienced in my life before that relationship was like the perfect storm to get me to that point and then thankfully (laughs) I just had the right and maybe it was the right people around me it was the right time like the universe like everything aligned you know like all of it was like you know the perfect time to really make that shift and the shift that it's taken years for that shift to get to me to where I am now. Right. So I had to unlearn a lot of things that I learned um, and I'm still unlearning and multiple, you know, factors. And, <laughs> uh, so it's definitely not perfect, but we're getting there. I do think this is a really interesting topic too, that's being brought up with mental fortitude. I'm thinking about it. I think as, as therapists, we are empaths and probably I also tend towards people pleasing. Um, and it, it, as I think about it, like it does take a lot of mental fortitude to like stay in your, in, it takes a lot of fortitude to stay like in my truth um, and not be swayed by like what everyone else wants around me. Or like, I definitely try to make sure that like, everyone else is okay around me before I make myself okay. And then I'm, I've been working on that a lot lately too, because it's exhausting to, to, um, 
put my mental energy towards that instead of just being first in my truth and my needs and then and then supporting others um and then i think well i don't know go ahead yeah oh i'm just thinking how you know the people that we're working with that we're we're we are helping them through some pretty hard times when you're well if you're facing cancer or some anything and pain in your body it's it's uh that is pretty hard thing right there when your body's not it feels like your body's not there for you or yeah. like is it gonna survive <laughs> um yeah and uh there needs to be a certain amount of presence to be able to uh, deal with that. I think especially cancer is one where people will tend to like face their own mortality, you know, what, and, and you, and they realize this isn't forever what I'm living. I won't live. I know it sounds silly to say we won't live forever, but we all, that, that is the mental yeah, I mean, some diseases give you that reality, <laughs> like cancer really gives you that reality. Yes. Um, others, maybe. Well, I know, yeah. Uh, well, you know, things that rocked my boat. Um, there, so there's another aspect to pain and adversity, and that, that is illness and loss. So, you know, when my, when my son was diagnosed with MS, I it took me a long time to come to terms with that. Um, I was fearful for him. Um, and, you know, you, you would ad adapt to that. Um, so that's a funny thing, you know, with children, like when they were young, I was like, okay, I want to, what is my goal with my kids? I want to raise them to be happy, pe happy people. Uh, I want them to, and so I think that was my goal. Um, and um, I didn't look beyond them being adults. And you live long enough, those adults become older adults, and they have their own it, own things or as as all of us do, you know. Um, and so now, I don't parent my children anymore. I really work on being their friend. I hope that, and I, you know, I watch their struggles and like, that's a new level of hard. Um, it, you know, uh, yeah. And part, like part of that pain, for instance, my, this is the month that my granddaughter is going to turn 15 and she hasn't talked to me in over a year. She hasn't talked to our side of the family at all. And, you know, we're, all very concerned for her and why she's made this choice. You know, it's not a normal behavior <laughs> by, by any means. Um, and, you know, uh, so I could, this is a little girl who they lived, lived with us for years when she was little. So I could get really lost in that kind of pain and adversity with all these people I love. I could continue to list it off struggles of those I love. 
Um, and I've had to dig in and say, wait a minute, I want to be a happy person. I want to live my life fully and being sad for others does not help them. Um, and so this year, especially, I really have found a new peace and inner strength when I every day remember that this is, this is the one day I get and I want to live it fully. Um, and I kind of do a little thing, Judy Dirks, who works at the clinic, she says she does a little ritual every morning. So I finally borrowed that idea and I face the four directions and, you know, I start with the East and I just try to feel with my heart. What, what is that sun bringing, you know, what's the energy of the day and just bring it in. And then I, I probably all messed up on my directions or I don't apply it to any tradition. Um, but then I face the South and I think of the people I love who aren't here anymore. And I think of the, you know, my spiritual support. And I ask them to come with me today. And I turn towards the North and I think of all the problems and opportunities I'm going to face today. And then I turn towards the West and that, you know, I, I, that those, those helpers will help me face everything and weave it into something beautiful. You know, with that picture at the clinic by um, Jenny Riki, that's just stuck. It's called the cosmic weave. And the, it's got all these different colored threads and like every day is going to have a different color. And I don't want to miss out on any one of those days because of things aren't the way I think they should be today. <laughs> I, I want to weave that beautiful color because in, in the end, it's, it's going to be okay. Um, it makes me think like when you're saying of the suffering of, of your granddaughter, how, how to, it's so easy to, it's like, how do you deal with that situation? It's so easy for me, for example, to want to like run away from it or pretend it's not happening. Mm -hmm. um, but how mm -hmm. do you like stay present to the suffering and embrace the suffering as part of your life and as part of the world? Um, and bring it sounds like you're bringing it into the present moment this all the suffering into the present as well um, bringing light to it as best you can instead of just ignoring it <laughs> you know what I mean it's, yeah it's quite a balance though too like you say you don't want to stuff your emotions but living in sadness is going to be bad for health living in anger is going to be bad for health so we, you know, feeling it and letting go and choosing gratitude, uh, peace, you know, I'll, you know, there's an old song, love the one you're with. <laughs> yeah. um, and I guess that, you know, we didn't mention meditation, but meditation is something that teaches you where to put your focus. Um but that, yeah, that balance of not denying what's there and, and uh, 
but not drowning in it. Mm -hmm. And, um, mm -hmm. and that has, I think that's like on the small scale, of like what's in your life, and then we go back to like the suffering that happens in the world too. Mm -hmm. Easy to turn a blind eye, but how do you like incorporate it, but not but not die from pain? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm looking at what we've come up with. Um, and we had um, controlled exposure to hard things, um, knowing oneself with things like counseling, the Enneagram, um, recognize, I like that, recognizing your truth and staying in it. <laughs> Um, um, and knowing how the body works in breath. Yeah, I think that's a good summary because um, we, we think about um, the people that we come across in our lives that have asked us for help and we find their edges and we find their their holes um, of their knowledge just because of lack of proper education from people that they trust or um, and and how all of that what you just summarized you know we can take into a, a educational session with a patient and we have the luxury of having an hour to do so and it might take five sessions of one hour educational components um, and how we weave all of that together um, is pretty, pretty remarkable. And it's a skill set that it's taken me, you know, a long time to learn. And I continue to change and learn um, about how to approach that with people. So, you know, you, you remind me of something that's, that's what we started to say in the beginning, how, the way that we're living right now, the way that society is being pushed to live is not sustainable. And so one of the things that we've done at the clinic is uh, we do hour long appointments. And then with the pandemic, we added 15 minutes in between so we don't get too many people in the lobby. And I think we all agreed, this feels better. <laughs> and we were just um, stacking people every hour but then sitting afterwards to do notes and you end up taking the time anyway to get the notes done and end up working an extra hour or two and making for a long day all in the to the god of efficiency right or pr productivity <laughs> and and i um i refuse to do that and uh, I don't think we're meant for that. I think we're we're meant to have the time. It's all right That's to. Right. I was yeah. thinking rushing and like trying to be the efficient. That all of that just brings us out of the present moment and out of ourselves. And what what I think therapist solutions really practices is is bringing ourselves very into the present moment and into the present moment with our patients and. That like mm -hmm. it, that really allows for for deep healing to take place 
Yeah, true. Yeah, because you don't walk in there knowing everything. You'll There's always going to be things that we don't know when it's time to help somebody. So what? Why, why do people get better? It's not our knowledge necessarily, but our ability to be present and listen goes a long way to help help people heal. Um, that allows the person then to be present, more present within their own body and calm their nervous system and listen. Because I think you know, the healing really happens from within that person themselves and our knowledge can help. But we, I think, allow that present moment awareness for their pain to be heard and their pain to come to the surface. And uh, um, yeah, <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe squeals of glee are, are helpful. Yeah, <laughs> you learn a lot from babies. <laughs> Actually, I think a good byline is get in your body and focus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I did want to bring awareness to a like we've mentioned the breath a couple of times, but I think that that's like really important. Is like that is the bridge between our mind and our bodies. And that is how to work with your nervous system the most, like very effectively. Um, I remember that from birth um, and just in general, it's like, that's, I don't know, just taking that second to take a deep breath and like on your exhale, really bring your mind into your body, I think is the easiest way to, <laughs> to get yourself there. And if people are wondering what that means, bring your mind into your body, I, well, I think it's asking, well, what am I feeling in my body right now? That's how I get my mind in my body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what am I feeling? And yeah, if something happens when you, I think when I exhale, then that's when I think, okay, let me bring my, what am I feeling right there, like where that pain is, for example, my tailbone? I don't know. It kind of helps for me when I breathe in that way. It helps kind of let all the other, like, mental chatter go away and yeah. let whatever wants to come up, come up in yeah. my body. And I think allowing that to come up, too, because we, we all try mm. to control everything and every aspect of our entire lives. And maybe that's why sometimes we get pushback from clients and patients with education because that means they have to give up control and give up and admit to things that they don't know. And that's hard to do. Um, and if we do give a little bit of control away, then what's going to happen, right? Um, mm -hmm. However, that constant control, like, potentially led us to where we're at right now. So how can we still have this um, and control, but in a loose sense, you know, while still embracing the unknown is that mm -hmm. kind of where Shona was like that, where that breath meets like her body or the feelings, like that's kind of like the same thing, you know, just using different terms. Yeah. Well, and, there was something else you brought in the up in the beginning, like how in recent years there's been these massive changes in that affect 
the whole game, all of society. <laughs> and, um, and so what you're saying with that, like you, we can't control those things. Um, and how do we adapt to change? Uh, and I, you know, I see some struggle to try and get things we would hear back to normal, <laughs> go back to the way we were. And um, I think the way I like to approach change is to say, huh, what have I learned here? What does this new scenario teach me that I didn't know? And, and how will I use that new information to live better? I feel like it's always a dangerous thing to say, I want to go back to the way it was, because that's not, you can't ever go back to the way it was, because we're always moving forward in time, so. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's, uh, there has to be sort of a, a mass grieving, too, of, uh, well, that time's done. <laughs> um, and, yeah. I ran into a, I ran into a guy on the weekend who, a, a teacher who's not, he's taking a break from teaching because the amount of negativity that he had to face was just enough that he, he just wanted to step back from the profession for a while. So, I, uh, you know, one of the ways that we can make it through, is to be kind, and and that that's a a practice of mental fortitude to remain kind. <laughs> yeah. Kind. And I, I feel like I say this all the time and it's cause it's such a great quote and it's like, understanding that we're all doing the best with what we have. And that means everyone's have is different. And if we approach a situation with that knowledge that we're all doing the best we can with what we have, um, then we are able to have more kindness, kindness and grace and compassion towards others. That's good. Yeah. Especially, you know, when we're, at, you know, in a time where war, we're looking at war, you know, rocking a major part of the world. Um, it's, to remain kind and not, not see sides, but be tough. Cause the, you know, a, you have to fight back, you know, the, like the Ukrainians, they, they have to fight. So that's, that's a conundrum, isn't it? One side of the equation be kind, but defending yourself, which um, that's kind of this, the mini struggle is what you, you said, uh, Shona, is staying in your truth. You know, sometimes that takes defending, um, but, but doing it in a way that does not descend into anger and hatred and, um, yeah, I think that that I've come through this a lot. Is like this is another topic of how do you deal with the suffering in the world and do your part to like fight or end suffering or 
figure out what it is that your role is, um, but also to not do it from a heart full of like anger and hate towards your opponent. Um, but like recognizing your opponent as like another soul doing their, whatever they're supposed to do in this world. And then, but also like, I mean, I think that's kind of what the Bhagavad Gita is all about. It's like war of being on the battlefield and fighting because that's your dharma and your, your, but you know, you could be fighting your, your friends and your family or just another fellow soul. And that's the like very spiritual, like conundrum that we all face um, going through life um, and fighting. Like if you fight from a place of anger and hatred, you're just spreading more anger and hatred into the world. Um, but doing it, that's where I get stuck. I think is how to do it like from out of love instead. Yeah. Well, maybe that is our next topic. No, he's he's fine. Maybe that is our next topic. So, well, he has a lot to say about it. Yeah. Hi, Gordon. Hi. Hi. Singing. Oh, I love you too. <laughs> He's saying mama lately. Which is oh, joy. wow. Mama. <laughs> 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 wow. Yeah. He's just joining in the conversation. That's a big topic. I don't, if you guys want to do how to face suffering in the world next time, that's not bad because it does, I mean, we can talk about, you know, the suffering of having something go wrong in your body and move it out into bigger things, but. Yeah, I do think that, like, practicing it in your body helps you deal with it in the world. Like, your body is just like a microcosm of the world. (laughs) Yeah. You know, one of our patients, she leads a Bible study on chronic pain. She was describing some of the people to me and they're just so like, there's no connection with their body going on. Um, So. Yeah. If you can't do it within yourself, I think that does make it harder to do it outside of yourself. Yeah. Well, I think there's a, there's some work thought, I think even like societally, but also like in some religions that responsibility is not within ourselves, but in a higher power. And, you know, in the long term, is that appropriate? I don't know. You know, I'm not necessarily, I, I am not an advocate for organized religion. So I have a bias there. And, uh, you know, so I come in at a lens that's much more critical in that regard, but, you know. When there I think are that stories. organized religion, like, I think a lot, sometimes they, um, they make you feel like God is separate from your body and yourself. Yeah, yeah, you have no ownership of yourself. It's, yeah, you're just here for some other 
land we have no control over and not that we need to control everything it's just we do have to take some ownership in our body and in our lives and it was very interesting this woman we got her out of pain and she's like okay i'm ready to be done and most people yeah when they find that they can feel better that quick they're like what else can you do for me yeah right and she's yeah. just like done she sits all day yeah fascinating <laughs> yeah yeah and at that point it's like well where what why are we stopping and like where what edge are we hitting on your on you right now and like and yeah, you're, you're never done. and also the work is never done like until right. we actually yeah. hit which okay whoever does you know but like yeah because you know, nowadays <laughs> yeah nowadays i offer i offer your therapeutic groups work with hannah you know go to yoga community <clears throat> yeah you and you know she had no interest in continuing okay. so all right well i just let you guys go i'm getting new glasses today i'm so excited <laughs> oh, that's so, fun yes <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode our group tends to have these fantastic discussions and we always ask ourselves why we haven't recorded any of them and now here we are if you are interested in more content we'll be releasing new episodes every other monday you can also check us out on facebook instagram and youtube by searching therapy solutions pllc that pllc is super important This is the Rehab Within Reach podcast, where all are encouraged to experience wholeness and independence. See you soon.